Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How's it going today, man? You just take a seat right over here. Thanks, man. And uh, good, good. How about yourself? Yeah, man. Can't complain. Uh, what are you looking to have done today? You know, like a little, little off the top. Nothing crazy. Pretty simple stuff. Okay, cool, cool. So just kind of trimmed up on the sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a little bit of something. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, man. I, I, admittedly, you know, lately life's been a uh, been a bit of a wreck. But uh, you know, going on a date tonight. Hey, had a boy. Yeah. So you know, there you go. I'd, uh, get a fresh cut. Trying to make a good first impression. Yeah. Don't worry, bro. I. Uh, I... <laughs> well, what? We're doing. We're doing a buzz cut. guys and welcome back life's a wreck thanks for stumbling upon our podcast while you were trying to consume super bowl content i appreciate that um yeah episode uh, five of season two things have been so incredibly hectic i am just so glad uh that we were able to get this uh, out to you guys which is fantastic um really quickly i wanted to hop on the mic before i get into the uh get into the interview with uh, dr mark hadfield um about uh, about faith and mental health um, the reason that I I'd thought about this this topic uh, was when I sat down with Dakota Prukop and Nelkis Quimo of the uh, of the Argonauts, the Toronto Argos. Um, they had both said that faith is a huge aspect to their mental health and like what keeps them grounded, and it's a huge aspect of their lives. And so I started to think more about mental health in, in sports and how faith plays a huge role in that. And uh, Mark, uh, who was the reverend at uh, the church that I went to when I was growing up, uh, he's a huge sports fan, and uh, he's also. Uh, got a doctorate in psychology um an incredibly well-spoken and a great just you know just an incredible community leader an incredible man in, in general and such such intelligent insight into the world of uh, psychology and mental health and uh and, and faith just all wrapped into one and uh i figured that he would be a great guy to sit down with uh, so when i was back home i recorded an interview with him while i was back in new brunswick and uh coming back to toronto i didn't know when i was going to release the episode because it's a it's a you know it's a conversation that's you know there's so many different aspects to faith and there's so many different belief systems out there um and uh and i was curious as to like when the right time would be to release this but I figured right now, um, after the tragic passing of Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant, um, and all those and, and the others who were in that uh, that helicopter crash, um, but the passing of Kobe hit me really hard because the world of sport was one that uh, that changed my life and honestly saved my life. Um, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for sports, uh, and and Kobe was the epitome of competitiveness of of, of that that Mamba mentality. He shaped basketball, and, and by you know in relation, he shaped sport as a whole his impact was so far felt in the world of sports and and beyond that i just and you know 
I, I was thinking a lot about it and I was thinking about the unbiased aspect of life and how, you know, someone who did so much good for the, the, the world of sport and who, who contributed so much um, and who was a father and a husband um, could be taken away like that. Just him and, you know, him and his daughter just in, the, in a split second. And it really made me reflect and it really made me kind of sit back. And, and I figured that if there was ever a time to release a podcast about faith and belief and that kind of stuff, I figured it was now um, because of I, I've seen how important faith is to so many people in regards to coping and in regards to loss. Um, and, and I felt like this was kind of a, a good time to release this, uh, this episode because Mark talks about his journey. He talks about, uh, he talks about people coming to him for, uh, to be a catalyst for change. He talks about so many incredible things and just to hear his perspective is really, really cool. So it was, uh, it was a podcast that I was excited to get out to you guys. So I won't, uh, I won't keep yammering on, um, but I do just want to really, you know, yeah, I guess pay tribute to those who were lost in that uh, helicopter crash and to, to Kobe and his daughter and, and just that whole the whole situation is so tragic. So, um, yeah, it's uh, there, there's not too much more to say because of how uh, how crazy that all was. But just make sure um, and I'll talk about it a little bit more at the end of the episode, but just make sure to hug your lo- loved ones closer, um, you know, now and uh, and understand that uh, time is a very valuable thing. And sometimes you never know when uh when your time is uh is kind of running out so enjoy uh enjoy each moment that's definitely something that i have to work on uh but i won't keep yammering on i know this has been a super long intro i will get into the conversation it's a light conversation it's a fun conversation uh and it's one i'm super excited for you guys to hear so without further ado uh dr mark hatfield uh doctor doctor degree in psychology reverend for 39 years uh just an incredible man incredible conversation and let's just hop right into it had to go to church um but he would read self-help psychology books Mm -hmm. and as his firstborn and only son i'd look at this crap that dad was reading and i was like oh well right (laughs) like like mark twain said you know when i turned a certain age i couldn't believe how wise my father was and there's a man named uh dr victor frankel and he was in the concentration camps and, and I have a few notes here that I just thought if it's relevant but this is what he said uh, man's search for meaning everything can be taken from man from a man or woman but one thing the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of stir- circumstances it is mm-hmm. this spiritual freedom which cannot be taken away that makes life meaningful and purposeful Wow. See, an atheist can buy that. Mm-hmm. Anyone. Mm-hmm. And so, like, part of what I'm interested in, in you doing this and in your own growth and development, mm-hmm. is, you know, your interest in how I, as a male, the age I am, mm-hmm. in the world I live in, mm-hmm. how do I get my bearings? What's my direction? Right. That sort of thing. This is a great seed, I think. You know, I it's love like, that. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I, and that's... in. You know, I got to say, like, you know, and coming into this conversation and coming uh, coming out here and, and sitting down with you, like even recently, I've definitely been kind of going through those paces of, you know, where where do I see myself? Who am I in this whole in this whole grand scheme of things? And uh, and it's definitely I know in my own life and in mental health in general, kind of this bit of a fear of of like 
the unknown by nature. I think humans want to, we want to know what's, what's going on around us. And I think that's what intrigues me about mental health uh, and, and the mental side of life is that no one really knows what the, you know, the grandness, the scale of, of, as you said earlier, what we're capable of and, and what we can do with what's, with what's in our head. And so, you know, I, I do, I want to kind of, uh, have this conversation with you because this is something that you've obviously worked, you know, 39 years and, and more longer. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no one has ever accused me of lacking in intellectual curiosity, mm-hmm. legitimate other accusations, but never <laughs> in, in, in that, in that department. And so, uh, in 1972, I I did one of the smartest things outside of meeting Alice, who I get to live with. But uh, I I practiced, started lear- I learned to meditate, mm-hmm. and um, and so that meant sitting down twenty minutes in the morning. I started out with what's called a mantra, a sound, and you just repeat that and try to let your thoughts um, go. Twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes in the. Evening. That's actually how I get through the podcast during the times that, that Kyle's talking. And I was consistent. I was consistent. I've been consistent. I was at a point where I was didn't I had a lot of time on my hands, so it was an hour in the morning, hour uh, at night. And um, I think you've played basketball. Like if you play one-on-one, right? Uh, which I really enjoyed doing unless there was the height disparity between you and oh, me. Fair enough. Um, but I could shoot. I could, hey, listen, I, was, I could I, never I, play against <laughs> short guys who could shoot and dribble. I yeah. could never, I could never I do it. when he pretends he can play basketball. So cute. Little tall, awkward guy. So, but, but anyway, um, when, what I learned meditating is the one-on-one with your brain. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. And how, addicted my brain is to thinking thought production and learning to be quiet mm-hmm. just still uh, be still and know that i'm god so that has been the core for me and okay. that I, that ended up going spiritual but it could have just as well gone psychological mm-hmm. but that's that's what i would say. see that's a great for me i respect what you believe the various books that I've studied, mm-hmm. but I need hands-on. Right. Don't tell me to believe it just because. And right. so with the practice of meditation and other things that I learned, um, that was really good. Another thing I was involved in, but not very long, were, were the martial arts. Mm-hmm. And what my martial arts teacher said, interesting line, it's mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. So right. it's like what the karate people do to strengthen their knuckles. Is they got this round piece of a tree, mm-hmm. and you're just banging into I mean, it's no right. spiritual powers right. or nothing. I yeah. mean, it's mind over matter. If you don't yep. mind. It <laughs> so, doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I, I, you know, and I love that because meditation has become a much more prominent part of my own life um, because it was one of those things that I definitely struggled big time with sitting alone with myself because my thoughts would would go you know gangbusters and they would kind of take me in these different directions and a lot of the time they were actually quite negative uh so the idea of kind of how to control you know to a point 
what was kind of going through my mind and, and, and enjoying time with myself and learning how to sit with myself. Yeah, because sitting with you is peaches and cream. Um, was, was hugely impactful. And I think that that's, you know, I guess you could kind of relate that back, as you said, to spirituality and, and these, these, you know, learning how to sit with certain thoughts and certain unknowns and certain beliefs. Um, I didn't even have to deal with beliefs. I, uh, so let's see, uh, 72, I'm, I'm, I'm 21. So I'm about your age and I graduated from high school at 18. I spent about the first six months, Kyle, I'd be into five minutes into my meditation mm-hmm. and I'm trying to beat the crap out of Michael Bay, who was in my high school. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like real spiritual stuff, but right. this is just all this pent up garbage and then their self-esteem things all my strikeouts with girls you know it's just like you know oh yeah you're preaching the choir right now (laughs) so and you know i thought well uh you know i want to have a vision or something you know something like you read about in a book totally you You just want it to all happen all at once anyway i was i was down in the basement Mm mm-hmm yeah, the you know I couldn't I can't talk enough good things about meditation because it has it really has changed my own life. Um, I know for people who are my age and who you know were your age at the time, it is a definitely a, a scary time full of transitions. And I keep going back to this idea of unknown and what's coming next and 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 other things like that. How do you feel that? you know, your journey kind of, kind of took you through all of these, these obstacles and, and these, you know, as I said, unknowns. I have two biological sons. Uh, the youngest is 37. The, the oldest is 40. And then with Alice, I have two other sons. Fortunately, they didn't follow in their dad's footsteps. I, I graduated from high school in 1969, mm-hmm. a really tumultuous time. I grew up in the United States. And, um, so I got political, and then I hit the wall, got spiritual. Uh, I dropped out of college um, in in the middle of my sophomore year, mm-hmm. uh, not because my grades weren't any good, but I wanted to try to do something about the war in Vietnam. Then I was broke, and I worked in factories, worked construction, uh, got sick of being a laborer. <laughs> so then I went to welding school. Uh, I flunked a welding test. I was running out of money. And I remembered that my dad, against my will, took me to a, a psychologist when mm-hmm. I was a senior in high school for a vocational aptitude test. And this nitwit told me that after he tested me out, that my competencies were being either a minister or a psychologist. Gotcha. And I said, F you under my breath, yeah. yeah, yeah, over yeah. my dead body. But that's how the cookie sure enough, crumbled. Right? But uh, so I have no, uh, you know, my sons looked at dad. They have not asked for, <laughs> you know, recommendations. And I, I think about you. I think about our grandchildren. Uh, the relevance I have for you guys is zero because it's a totally different world than the mm-hmm. world your parents inherited at mm-hmm. your age. And, um, but I can certainly say that, you know, develop good habits right don't do anything too stupid yep but you never think it's too stupid when you're doing no, it you totally know? no you it, it's easy to get caught up in the moment a lot of the time and that's uh that is is huge especially in mental health because you kind of get on these and i know that in my own life um you you start going down these rabbit holes of kind of feeling bad or you know certain things are going on that uh are making 
life in a sense quite quite negative but you start to dwell and dwell and dwell and dwell and i know that that's uh living in the moment is is hugely important but i also know that there's kind of levels to that that living in the moment as well because sometimes living in that moment is not an easy thing to do by any means um you want to be anywhere but you know this moment you just get dumped yeah you get fired yeah you know um realities that can occur in life and uh you run out of money yeah and maybe you have to go home and live with your parents i mean these are not easy no yeah no and and how you i think that how you handle that you know kind of going back to this this conversation of you know always kind of having having this rock i had mentioned before we had started that when i had talked to um two football players from toronto two of the guys on the argonauts um both of them had had cited faith as being a huge kind of like um, I, I like to talk about pillars and this is something that my, me and my family talk about, um, pillars in your life that are there to support you when maybe you can't necessarily feel like you can support yourself. So for me, it's my friends, it's my family, um, uh, and sports were a huge aspect of that. Um, but for these guys, they said that family was a huge one, but also, also faith and spirituality and kind of believing in something bigger than, than yourself. Um, I'm just curious as to kind of, you know, why you think that some certain people, certain people kind of run to this thing and certain people kind of run away from this thing. I, I think this is my bias. I have some really good atheist friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think everybody's spiritual. Mm -hmm. I think the, everybody has a sense of awe and it's then what kind of package you Mm -hmm. put it in. And, um, so my friends who are atheists don't have that kind of like, okay, everything's hunky-dory. It's hunky-dory right. if you make it hunky-dory mm-hmm. or Victor Frankl, you know, you, you choose. Right. Um, I, I, I think some of us are born more optimistic than other people. I think I had the privilege of a stable family Mm -hmm. uh, situation. We didn't have any money. Well, we weren't poor. But I also, along with Alice, grew up in the time in the United States where people who didn't have any money could make money. Right. Uh, My sons are not growing up. And and guess what, honey? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's just different out there. And I'm glad for the, the, the sports people. I think it's very real. I tried to teach my sons life is not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be strong and you have to have this inner resilience that, that does not quit. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of them because they have that. And uh, Alice's two sons have that. I know you have it. Um, it's just tough to home, you know, yeah. and sometimes we have it more you know, mm-hmm. than, than other times. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like, you know, honing that, some people hone that through uh, a belief in kind of something that they're like, they're a part of something. And then so I think some people kind of hone that through, it is kind of very much centered in them. And, and I don't necessarily, necessarily think that that it come, kind of comes off as self-centered and kind of this idea that things are revolving around you, but I don't necessarily think that's always um, a negative thing. Uh, when put kind of within the right context. Yeah. I, I think that a belief in oneself uh, is incredibly powerful. And I think that a lot of people root their self-belief through a bigger belief. And then some people kind of dwindle it down to just this, this overhanging 
thing within, yeah, just themselves. And, you know, and what I, I know for a fact that the, I did not want to be a minister, uh, the role that that put me in, just like the role of being a parent, not that they're synonymous, but uh, what I, it, it busted up my self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in ministry, you were hearing about people whose problems are much, you know, you think I'm having a shitty day. Right. Well, you know, yeah. after that, <laughs> yeah, people are and, coming to you for, and it made yeah. me m- more compassionate, more understanding, uh, a little less know-it-all. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you just, the only way anyone fixes themselves is if they fix themselves. Now mm-hmm. I have people that credit me with changing their life. Okay. Right. Well, they they're welcome to the opinion right okay but they were ready and i just happened to be the catalyst Mm -hmm. and so that's uh that's i think that's a beautiful way of putting it because you know kyle why don't you talk it is it's very true that and this is something that i've definitely realized within within the context of my own life is you know change does have to it is you um who who makes that change but there are definitely people who who help you out along the way I, i am curious when people come to you um with issues of of you know the mind or or you know i guess their spirituality or, or anything like that you know when they're coming to you with these incredibly personal things i'm curious how first of all you handle them because they're obviously coming to you with these issues and kind of looking to you to be a catalyst as you said um and that must be quite a bit of pressure uh well here's where the meditation is really good because okay you come to me with your issue mm-hmm. okay i am being quiet, right. I'm listening. Um, I am not expecting myself to be able to say this. You know, why don't you do this or this solves your your problem? I think that if people feel respected, cared for, safe, that that can make a difference. I'm also as a therapist into what what's called brief therapy. Mm-hmm. None of it is long stuff, right? And I think one of the most exciting things that I'm learning is the capacity in every person for almost instant change. Okay. Now, that does not go, you know, like what we are taught. But um, I, and and it was really Jesus that made me start thinking about this. Not Jesus telling me I had to believe in him. Right. But Jesus starts out saying, doesn't talk about himself. He says that the time has been fulfilled. There's this reality called the kingdom of God, which is at hand. And all you have to do is turn your mind around and see it. Mm-hmm. Take the good news right there. Hmm. And that's what repent means. But that was such a radical idea for me. I just said, well, Mark, you've been a screw up all your life. You know, right. it's just another one of your harebrained, stupid, hmm. off the wall ideas. But as I, did the doctoral work, you know, and, and did more biblical research mm-hmm. and finally gave myself permission to, okay, you're allowed to have your own thought, Mark. Mm-hmm. You've been a good boy, kept your mouth shut, you know, right. you're 55 years old, you know, like when are you going to give yourself permission to, right. you, know, you know, it can happen at any point. Well, I was brought up to respect my elders and none of, of my elders were telling me this about Jesus right. or, you know, that change can happen quickly, mm-hmm. but I have done my homework mm-hmm. and uh, now has change happened as quickly as I'd like. No. no, but see, the deal is, see, Kyle, you can, if you buy this idea and you say, okay, change can happen, then you are in charge of saying the change happened. And you say, mm-hmm. well, I don't feel any different. 
Right. Tough luck. Right. You know, you, you just decided that I'm on the good side or whatever, right. or the force is going to come through or. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I got to say it is, it is incredible. Cause as we're sitting here talking uh, and, and you, you're talking about meditation and listening and I think that that is so, so foreign because, you know, as we're sitting here and as I'm talking, you know, you are sitting back and closing your eyes and I, I feel listened to. And it's an interesting, you know, dynamic to have because I feel like so often we're thinking about, we're almost overthinking about everything. And to take that time to not really think and purely listen, I think is a really, you know, really incredible thing and something that I would love to adopt into, into my own life because it is a, uh, it's a powerful thing listening. And I think that that's, I'm sure, something that you've, seen over your well your I got trained career. that was yeah. what my instead of digging ditches you know my job was to listen to people bitching right <laughs> and, and, and 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 to respect them mm-hmm. and and not be judgmental the other mm-hmm. thing I can say is and this would go back to the athletes maybe is you know Jesus says seek and you will find mm-hmm. Like I said, no one's ever accused me of being intellectually lazy. (laughs) And I have been the fortunate recipient of the right teachers showing up at the right time. Mm -hmm. And then me being able to listen and see like this man who did the psychological evaluation, he Mm -hmm. and I are still still in touch. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, um, and I've just been so privileged with these people who came and I was ready. They spoke. I listened. I learned. Mm-hmm. You learned vicariously, you know, that kind of thing. So um, in that sense, in, in, if you get on the right channel, uh, opportunity favors the prepared mind. Mm. And, and I've just had... You know, I feel incredibly fortunate with what's come in, what books come in, what people come in, Mm -hmm. meeting your parents, you know, meeting you and your sister. And I'm pretty good at making the best out of what I get. Which is not always easy to do. No, no, it isn't. That's a skill in itself. It's a really useful skill to learn because it's more often than not, what's there is not exactly... I learned that digging ditches because I'm yeah. meditating at the same time. Right. Like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to look at my watch. Yeah. For a long time. Right. Look at my watch. Oh, it's like Ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ah! And that's with everything, honestly, in school and everything. You're like, okay, I'm going to do 30 minutes of work and all. Exactly. Yeah. Cover the eyes and just hope for the kind of hope for the all of a sudden time's just going to decide to you know what this time we're just going to go a little bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You know, I find it interesting um the idea of kind of just everything that goes on and and everything that's influenced by our minds that is created in our lives like obviously where you're at now is a product of the education that you you received the lessons that you you took in and i think that a lot of people kind of we we talk about spirituality like this grand plan um and and i think that it is funny to see kind of how these little things that kind of were seemed little things at the time have become, have manifested, you know, this beautiful home in the country with, you know, you, you've, you've had the opportunity to talk to so many people and meet so many people. No um, money. I mean, you know, we, we, you know, I'm not being a minister. It's not the most wealthy, hey, but you know, fair enough. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, and paid for. Yeah. And you know, 
that's what you know jesus seek first the kingdom of god which mm-hmm. i would say is anything that's fair good prudent beautiful mm-hmm. and all these things will be added unto you mm-hmm. now i went and studied holy spirit christianity mm-hmm. okay speaking in tongues right words of knowledge word of wisdom prophecy healing mm-hmm. and one of the aspects is from certain angles is prosperity you know mm-hmm. okay when jesus died on the cross he forgave all your sins healed all your diseases and made got rid of the curse of poverty and so those preachers drove cadillacs with gold right. spoke you know yeah yeah and anyone with the brain looks at that and says <laughs> you yeah. know what do you think but yeah. you know look we we look at this beautiful place yeah and we yeah. had a beautiful place up there yeah. and we when we moved in here i had a, a hurt shoulder really bad hurt shoulder your father our two carpenters and other people helped us move mm-hmm. a guy who's older than me showed up to right. help us move you know and i'm just like wow what yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah you know wipe a tear out of your eye right and and think how can this happen but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it happened and yeah it, it really appreciate like becoming appreciative well and your father i mean you know and we need to talk about men and, and women but we're going to talk about men but you know for alice moving and your father was so calming mm-hmm. you know and another thing because of his job, we didn't want a lot of tree limbs taken off. And right. we had to have temporary power in. Yeah. Okay. You know, your dad just stepped right up and, you know, and you're lucky, you know, I lucky am. son. I am. Yeah. Well, it is funny. I actually did a, I was fortunate enough to sit down with my family and do like a little podcast. You know, oh, they episode be eager to do that. I know, I know. <laughs> goodness, my mom's been talking about it for forever. Oh my goodness. So yeah, no, I got, I got home and that was, you know, my mom was just frothing at the bit to get out, you know, she wanted to, she wanted to do it. And, and that's, you know, she's been just so hugely supportive. And I definitely can say that over this, uh, this, this journey that I feel like I've been on, um, of, of this, uh, this kind of mental going through the goods, the bads, the uglies, um, you know, I can definitely say that I've become a lot more appreciative of the people in my life and the support that, you know, my family's always given me and that, uh, you know, people even growing up, congregation always given me the people in my high school always gave me like I, i'm very incredibly fortunate to have had people who have always believed in 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 the good uh, of the people around them yeah. and i think that that's that can get uh, definitely lost in the grand scheme of things sometimes and that's why you know one of the reasons why i love this town so much and i love the the people who are in it and coming home is one of the the best things for my mental state uh because i, I come around these these incredible individuals who have educated me so much um not only in life itself but kind of in like the the capabilities of a of of people and the capabilities of good um so i think that that kind of ties back to that one of the first uh points you had made it's uh it, it's definitely one of those things that i think that you know when i when i came in here today I, I think that there's always kind of this some or sometimes it's kind of perceived as this these two very different roads of of is that psychology mentality and then spirituality and faith. And I think that kind of when they, when they do intertwine, I think that there's this idea of, you know, it's, it is, it's like appreciative, it's gratefulness and it's, uh, and it's understanding that some people are, are in your life for a reason. And yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's huge. And that's something that I've definitely learned. So it's uh, yeah, it is, it is incredible sometimes to really sit back 
and take that step back. And even driving on the way up here, um, and, and I was passing through an area where you could kind of see trees on, you know, all trees on the left and all trees on the right. And, you know, I was like, geez, like two weeks ago, I was flying out of Toronto where there's not a tree in sight. And then you come back and you see all this beautiful, you know, greenery. And it's like, wow, this is really incredible. See, I got to move to Maine in 1981 mm -hmm. from Denver, Colorado. Right. And I, uh, and I'm lucky that I had the job I had because mm -hmm. I could do that if I had tried to be a psychologist in the <laughs> town I was living in, you know, there wouldn't have been enough yeah. clients. And right. so, um, and see, I like elbow room mm -hmm. and I like the opportunity to breathe cleaner air. Yep. And, you know, when I was 30 years old, I was a runner for 20 years and I right. had great places to run. Right. You know, one of my sons would run in Central Park. Yeah. But, you know, that's not the best air Very true. to breathe, yeah. you know? And so, oh, man. Um, yeah. I'd like to talk about, for real sure. quick, about being a man. Sure. And um, the... Definitely a, you know, huge topic of conversation as of late. And not easy, you know, because men, we have definitely issues with relating. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was going through my divorce, I didn't talk to my dad, close to my dad, didn't ask for any advice, didn't mm -hmm. talk to my closest friend. He, I have a friend that um, he and I have been friends since third grade. Wow. But you don't divulge. Mm -hmm. And see, because... I felt that was betraying the loyalty I had to this person right? and whatever other gobbledygook there was in my head. Plus I couldn't even figure out what was happening because mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at getting along with people right. and this was not working. Right. And, uh, and I didn't have the courage and I was a parent, right? you know, and it's, so it's like, how as men do we learn to deal with failure? Mm. How do we learn to deal with self-acceptance? How do we learn to deal with the fact that there are certain roles that are superimposed on us? All of this stuff is so embedded in us and it, it takes, well, I don't think, I think most of us just ignore it. Right. But it, if you wanted, like, I think you're trying to do, mm. um, that's Sam Keen, fire in the belly. These are all old people now, but those are the folks I started uh, looking at mm -hmm. and see when I was doing my doctoral studies, I, the only class I could fit in was the psychology of women. Okay. And <laughs> that was bizarre, but I, I decided, you know, at that point I didn't care what my assignments were. I was going to do what I wanted to do, which meant my grades went down. Right. But I, I wrote about the psychology of being a man cause I wasn't going <laughs> to was what you could talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, anyway, um, my one observation is I've gotten to this chapter in my life about being a man and looking at um, my four sons is, and they have it in just as badly as I do, I do and did, but is blowing things out of proportion mm -hmm. and being my worst critic. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, as I'm getting at the end of it, I say, gosh, Mark, Jeepers, you, you could have just mellowed that out yeah. and see like what separates a, a, a regular good and high school athlete from somebody on the Argonauts is if that person drops a pass, they, they let it go. Next play mentality. I think, yeah. 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 And, and see if you blow everything out of proportion, mm. 
overdwell, overanalyze. I know you know nothing about what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely not, yeah. (laughs) Reverend, trust me, you are preaching to the right choir. This guy is a disaster. Yeah. Hey, listen, that is, it it was one of those things when I had originally started the podcast. It's kind of, it's it's turned into a little bit of a, uh, the general mental health conversation. But when I started, when I first started it, uh, I did start it as men's mental health. Um, because I, I, you know, similar to, I guess, kind of what you went through in that, uh, in that psychology class, I thought, you know, I can talk about mental health as a whole, but what I can speak from very directly is men's mental health and what I've went through and how I've experienced certain things. Um, and i definitely, I think that over the past little bit, um, it's become one of those things that I've definitely had to address as to like what I believe, you know, being a man is. And, and I think that for me, um, it's become being somebody who, I think it's kind of being somebody who is is strong within himself. And I don't think that that was always the easiest thing to, to do. Um, and it took me a really long time to kind of realize that um, because I was so predicated in exactly kind of what you were talking about in this, like looking from, I, well, I was kind of like looking very externally. Uh, I was looking for validation from these people around me. I was looking for, you know, and, and I was getting caught up in, in you know, if I wasn't fitting the certain mold, if I didn't feel like I was the perfect boyfriend, if I didn't feel like I was the, you know, perfect this, that, and the other, that I was, I was kind of like worthless and non-validated as, as a, as an individual and as a man. Um, so over this past, you know, whatever, it's been six months to a year, um, I've definitely realized that there's, there's a lot that kind of goes into, to being a man and it's caring and it's understanding and it's, you know, it's having conversations and it's opening up. And I think that that was always a big thing that, you know, granted when I was growing up, um, you know, my dad is one of the most incredible men that I've ever met. Um, and he is a, he's a caring, passionate individual. Um, but we, we never really, really had these kind of talks about, you know, the, this kind of join the club. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Like this is still something that, um, it is very new and very fresh of, of kind of really diving into sometimes the negative side of, of what's going on and how you're not dealing with things as well as you maybe think you should be. Um, it's an interesting, interesting landscape. And I think that that's, uh, as I said, I, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better dad, but at the same time, it was one of those things that we did. Yeah, we didn't have uh, these kind of conversations, but that's the the man that I want to become. And as I'm, as I'm sitting here as a young 21 year old, um, and understanding that I've got a lot of time on my hands, um, it's definitely one that I'm going to continue to try to, to, to work towards is, is someone who, yeah, openness and can have people come to him. And as you know, you can, can relate to having people come to you for, for sound advice and for a, for a very listening and, and, you know, caring ear. Most of the people, not too surprisingly, who came to talk to me as a minister were women. Mm-hmm. So I had more training in the psychology of women. Right. But when I would go to the hospital to visit a man who's getting ready uh, to have serious back surgery. Right. Doesn't go to church. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was in a town of 12,000. Right. You know, so, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah, you're the kind of community minister. And these guys looking at me not as me but role Mm. and representing higher power that kind of thing and uh just reaching out you know reaching their hand out to mine you know Mm. like for a a warm touch or something like that and uh saying to people who are quotes not religious you know would you like me to say a brief prayer Mm. and these guys yeah Mm. you know or when their mother dies Mm. And they're over in the corner and they're crying. Yep. 
I'm not going over there and putting my arm around them. You know, I'm just honoring their space or the father whose son got murdered, Mm. who I ended up holding in my arms. You know, the mom is being stoic, but Mm. the dad is falling apart, you Mm. know. And so at times, you know, this this shell that we have, Mm -hmm. like I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen my father cry. Right. Okay. Right. I'm a crybaby. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. So I, I make up for it. Yeah. Know. Trust me. And granted, hey, I got I got to throw Terry more under the bus a little bit. I've seen him cry once or twice, and he's a we're a big, a very emotional family. Uh, and uh, and definitely every time a, a sad movie's on, I'll walk into the living room and I, I look over in the corner and I see mom crying, and I look over at the couch and I see dad wiping away the tears. Oh, and, well, I'm right in your dad's corner, and yeah. I do it more than Alice, you know. But uh, yeah. I can't. It is it is a interesting landscape to navigate, and I think that that's actually a great way to to end today. Um, is there anything else that you'd kind of like to like to talk about? Well, this has I, been, I this has been wanna, absolutely fantastic. I, without being uh, patronizing, uh, uh, to say how proud Alice and I are you uh, are of you. Thank you. And um, and one of the things that was really neat uh, being at Kurt McCall was being like surrogate parents and grandparents mm. and watching these uh, uh, young critters grow up, right, you know, right. and, and it, um, and, and that sense of pride and, and, uh, and, and you know, so we're just really uh, grateful, Alice and I grateful for mm. knowing you and your sister and, and the whole crew that we got to watch mature mm-hmm. and blossom you know it is yeah. for our eyes. I want to thank Mark so much for taking the time uh, and sitting down with me um, just yeah so incredible I'm so thankful to have been able to uh, to, to learn from him uh, growing up and to have had him be uh, be you know uh, in in my life and in the lives of uh, so many people in uh, in beautiful St. Stephen New Brunswick um yeah, it's uh, it's just a it is a blessing for sure. So uh, I want to thank Mark so much, and uh, and more than that, uh, at the end of every episode, you know, I like to give a challenge. And uh, when I was talking to Mark afterwards, you know, some of the big things he was saying, like, is uh, and one thing that uh, we didn't uh, get in the podcast that I, I thought I did, and I was uh, I was upset that we didn't, um, was uh, was me and Mark uh, talked about uh, talked about beauty, and we talked about appreciating beauty uh, and appreciating life. And, uh, and I talked at the beginning of the podcast about uh, Kobe and Gigi uh, and all the, the nine people who passed in that helicopter crash. Um, and my biggest thing is uh, the challenge for this week is just to appreciate some beauty in life. Um, something that I've found is, uh, is sometimes I see the glass pretty, like, pretty half empty. Uh, and I have a tough time kind of seeing, uh, seeing the really great things that I've got around me. Um, but the one thing that I have really worked on and I, I'm pretty proud of myself for is appreciating beautiful things, uh, beautiful people, um, you know, mental beauty, aesthetic beauty, um, you know, just appreciating sometimes just understanding that I woke up this morning and that's a pretty beautiful thing. Um, and so my, my challenge for you guys this week, uh, based on what me and Mark talked about that I, as I said, I wish I had gotten it in there, but, um, yeah, it's just appreciate, it's just appreciate some beauty, uh, this week and slow things down. And, the, and just appreciate some beauty. As it sounds very fugazi, fugazi, but uh, find some beauty in, in, in life. Maybe you find it in another person, or you find it in, in, in nature, 
or you find it in you know architect like anything just recognizing when something is is truly beautiful an emotion just anything uh, and I think that that's uh, that's going to be the uh, the challenge for this week. So uh, I want to thank you guys so much. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Life's Rec Podcast and me at uh, KyleMoore08 on Instagram. Uh, and uh, I really look forward to uh, to you know talking to you guys again in a, in a few weeks. But uh, as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about that whole conversation, um, yeah, life. life uh, oh, my headphones fell off. Hello, yeah, Life's Rec. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.